0: what's up everybody welcome back to the protest coverage podcast i'm jay director of photography and photo editor for protest coverage and on today's episode we chat with musician Kanan towns of austin texas towns wrote a ballad dubbed so many in which he references the countless black and brown lives lost unjustly he tells our kevin xavier what it's like growing up black in the deep south how his upbringing influences lyrics and music for his songs and why he felt he owed it to his newborn son to speak up and speak out the protest coverage podcast mini starts now
1: oh, I've been here a few years now Still don't know me I'm just a strange guy Wish your teammate Like your father The same ones who have you live And build your castles for you mother and my sisters, there's a pillar ghost, going away for years, disassembling us all for real, and I'm history books, where's our place, and I'm statues built, where's our face, you say it's all practice, you say we're all just friends, and tell your men, your knee off our knees. oh, I can breathe. Can you
2: hear me okay, Kanan? I can. How are you doing, Kevin? How you doing? Nice to meet you. So, i got to tell you, i just watching the video, and i watched it several times to this point. I'm just incredibly impressed by the amount of soul and emotion that is audible, not just in the lyrics, but it's something that you really feel and outside of journalism, which is what I do generally. I love music and I gravitate to not necessarily the best voice or the best ability with whatever the instrument may be, but um, people who you can kind of feel when you see them perform. And I felt that, man. I felt that. And I think a lot of people will. And that's part of why I want to uh, chat with you. So I just wanted to start with a little bit about the background as far as your experience leading up to writing this song and then deciding to perform it and shoot this video.
3: Well, I've been really tactful, you know, towards this whole process of George Floyd and, you know, completely reacting to social media. I just don't want to be like everyone else as it's obviously trending. The fact that we're seeing less, you know, post about it right now. So just what I heard, because at first, you know, I'm just like, yes, finally, there's going to be a change. And then you start to talk to people and then they're like, well, no, there's racism doesn't really exist. That's just a one-off. And so one of my lyrics in the song speaks to, if you think you're saying we're friends, And also you're saying this is just pretend, so get your knee off our neck. That was just speaking to, gosh, like what has to be done that you're not saying these cases are outliers. But, you know, just growing up in Birmingham, Alabama, just experiencing it wondering why I don't fit in with certain groups and wondering why obviously unaccepted and just growing up becoming a 31 year old man and understanding hey it has a lot to do with your ethnicity now living in Austin Texas having a son of my own really motivated me to write a song this is history and one day he's going to ask you know what did you do and specifically my wife uh, had a blood clot and so I couldn't protest in Austin. And we actually got into a back and forth on that. And it was just like, well, what can I do? And my biggest asset is I believe and you know, my friends have told me that my voice reaching out and kind of being heard that way. So that's pretty much where the motivation came. I started writing it probably two months ago, right after George Floyd. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm finally going to put this out there.
2: Yeah. I do want to talk to you a little bit about Birmingham and maybe more specifically, we hear countless stories of, you know, of course, people losing their lives because of the color of their skin. But there's also subtleties that go
3: along with that microaggressions. Oh, Um, definitely. For sure. Um, One that Kind of just because, like I said, going back to being 31 years old, a lot of things I didn't understand then that have clicked now. So I would get from people who didn't look like me and say, Oh, well, you're a really good speaker, or you do this really well. But I never quite considered who they were comparing me to. They were only comparing me to only black, only other black people. They weren't comparing me to everyone. So the pool was small. So, to you tell you a little bit more about myself, I was a state champion wrestler out of Alabama. I've had some of my own teammates call me the N-word just out of nowhere. So it's been a lot. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what comes to mind when you ask that question.
2: It's so immersive in our culture that it's almost a survival suppression. You know what I mean? Where you come to realize these things later in life because it's not something that we've been it's been discussed openly. There hasn't right. been dialogue about it. Right. And until you know the last six years, but the last four months in particular, uh, it's really come to the forefront. So to, uh, walk me through a little bit about, okay, so you sit and you write the song. Take me in the room. Do you, you said you decided to go ahead and uh, this is what your, your weapon is, as you put right. it. This is your it's opportunity to write it. So, okay, you sit down, you're going to write. Do the lyrics
3: come to you immediately? Did this
1: take hours
3: to do? How did this work? I would say it took weeks because I didn't want to force it. Like with my lyrics, that's, that's the biggest thing. I never want to force them. So it definitely took me time thinking from my mother being thrown rocks at the same school that I went to on the way to and from the bus every day to my mom, not receiving certain opportunities. Dad leaving the house or when I was younger, which is definitely a product of institutionalized racism. Just thinking of all those things and thinking of how certain Blacks grow possible complexes from looking in a history book and seeing everyone's white, statues, confederacy, you know. So it definitely... Definitely took days. I was just hoping I could speak for multiple people. And as
2: far as the composition is concerned, because obviously you're playing guitar as well, are you writing the chords and the riffs that you want to play and then you start writing the lyrics
3: or how did it come together? I generally always start with my chords first. And excuse me, that's my dog's whining in the background. I generally write the chords first and then lyrics, and then I began to play with both and mesh them together. You did so beautifully.
2: Some circumstances that prevented you from actually going out and physically protesting in the streets, so you found another way. In New York City, there are several groups that do that in different ways. Some of them make food, you know, and it's called the People's Bodega, and they show up to events with free food, free water, and they just, it's all through donations and crowdfunding. You know, there is a group that makes signs called Signs for BLM, and essentially people at the beginning when COVID was high didn't want to take any risks, so they would say, how can I get involved? They would make a sign, get it to signs for BLM, and then they would physically put it in the hands of someone who was going to be marching that day. So as my colleague Tom Ella said, everyone kind of has a place in this movement. Whether you know it or not, you have a place and you just kind of have to find that and do your best to stick to that.
3: How long have you been married? Gosh, it's crazy, Time flies. Uh, We got married um, almost going on three years Congratulations.
2: And congratulations on your baby boy as well. That's exciting. And she's actually from New York. She's from Woodstock, but we both met. Oh, cool. How about that? Crazy.
0: Yeah, my partner
2: is from, um, she's from San Francisco. Okay. And, you know, so we're out here staying with some family in that area. But in high school, she moved to upstate New York. Her family is from New York. I really appreciate you taking the time.
3: Yeah. And if you need anything else, let me know. If I can be of help anytime, let me know. You got it. And when I'm in Austin, and I will be, you know, I'm going to yeah. give you a call. Take yeah, Give me a call. All right, man. Have a good day.
2: You Say too. hello to your family. Thank you. Bye. Take
0: care. We thank Kanan for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you're enjoying the podcast as we continue to bring you varied perspectives on the Black Lives Matter movement in America. We want to remind the audience that protest coverage is a large team working cohesively to bring you the most impactful images and accurate information. Thanks again for listening, and please give us a five-star review if you enjoyed the episode. I'm Jay, for Kevin Xavier, and the rest of the team. If we don't see you in the streets, we'll see you next week, right here on the Protest Coverage Podcast.
1: The system has failed us. We're fighting for air. We're fighting for air. Say the system has failed us. Why don't they hear us? going back, we're not going back There's so many days. Remember their names The system is faircast We're fighting for air, we're fighting for air Say the system is faircast